Welcome to another episode of the Design and Style Podcast. We are a podcast for designers I've by designers. I am one of your co-hosts, Dixie. Dixie Willard Design. Heard about her and with me, as always, this beautiful effervescent Rachel with Rachel Moriarty Interiors. And we wanted to say that the Design and Style Podcast is brought to you by the Visibility Lab. The Visibility Lab is the only membership group that focuses on the latest strategies and tools to help you get more visible while showcasing your specific brilliance. We've got weekly online office hours with both of us, monthly topics, in-depth worksheets, and exclusive monthly trainings. I am so excited right? to talk to Ms. Shonalyn Simon. You, my dear, have been talking about her for a while, so I'm so excited to get to meet her and hear all about the wonderfulness, and I have a feeling it's going to be more than we can handle in one sitting. I know. Shauna Lynn Simon is an award-winning home staging industry expert, fiercely committed to guiding aspiring entrepreneurs to achieve success in all facets of their business. With years of experience educating and inspiring entrepreneurs from all industries, Shauna Lynn provides real-world insights and actionable tips for building the business of your dreams. Founder and CEO of Styled, Listed, and Sold Academy, or the SLS Academy, founder and CEO of Beyond the Stage Homes, and Canadian representative for the National Board of Directors for RESA, Shauna Lynn for years has been delighting audiences of every size with her unique home staging industry insights. Her perspectives have been featured in newspapers, television, home decor, and business magazines, podcasts like ours, blogs, and even a recurring segment on a daytime talk show. So, Miss Shauna, we are going to talk about Shauna Lynn. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't Thank know. You. I didn't know. <laughs> That's okay. I'm learning. I'm learning. This is our All first good. time virtual in real life That's right. uh, meeting. So, we are here to talk about some branding and authenticity, which I am super excited about because I love your brand. I love you. I've been following you. Oh, you know, that means so much to me because you have such an awesome brand and I've been following you for so long. So that honestly, that means so much to me to hear you say that. Thank you. <laughs> well, and I love how you've broken it down because I want to really get into this because I always say I didn't create my brand. My, my people told me what my brand is. So oh. I'll tell we'll talk about how we'll like talk about that, but let's go into the, what is it? Five five things that are branding and authenticity. Yeah, we got five things that we're going to talk about. Yeah, well, because, you know, when see, I was very mindful when I created my brand. I knew that I wanted to have a brand that stood for something. Um, I wanted a brand that represented me. And frankly, I didn't have the money to market myself. So to me, my thought was if I can get some brand recognition. I just remember... So here's kind of how I started thinking about branding when I first created my business. Uh, I remember going to the grocery store and I needed to buy some relish because I was out of relish and I couldn't find my relish because they changed the label on it because I was used to buying the same brand. I had no idea what the brand was necessarily, but I bought by the label. And as soon as they changed the label, shoot, I don't know what that is anymore. So uh, when I created my business, I couldn't come up with a logo that I really loved. I was working with a graphics designer. It was clearly the wrong graphics designer. I ended up hand drawing something, had someone create it, didn't really love it. Two years into my business, I wasn't doing that great, to be perfectly honest. So I decided it's rebranding time. And that's when I really put some thought into who am I? Who do I want my brand to be? Who do I want my clients to be? 
that was a big part of it. I've been in business for two years. So I kind of had an idea, you know, who do I want to work with and who do I want to attract and, and what's my overall style? So I created my brand as an image of myself. So that's the first thing I think when it comes to creating your brand, your brand is all about your company's culture and your company's culture comes from you. Plain and simple. And this is where that authenticity comes in. If you're not being true and real to who you are and not being authentic, your brand is not going to be successful because people will, they'll see that disconnect. That's something you can't hide that disconnect. So you want to make sure that you are reflecting. So, you know, for example, I love cats. Everyone who knows me knows that I love cats. You it's not cats. <laughs> because it's just something that why, why hide it? It's authentic, right? You know, so I don't, you know, you want to make sure, and I'm not saying that I, I didn't incorporate cats into my brand per se, <laughs> but. No, but it's a layer. It's a layer. It, right. It's actually a layer of you that, you know, I think it matters because you are, you'll track other cats cat lovers too. Right. If, if you search hashtag crazy cat lady, I'm probably going to pop up a few times, you know, like this is, this is legit, but that's, that's the point though, is I want to, yeah, I want to be who I am. I want to be true to who I am. And I think when I first started my business, I thought I need to be this kind of person. Mm -hmm. And so I actually took pink out of my hair. We were kind of talking about this recently. Yes. You see some of the pink in my hair. When I first launched my business, I took it out of my hair. I thought I needed to look more professional. Like real, like real estate. Yeah. 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 I get it. It was short-lived, let me tell you. I didn't yeah. feel like myself, so I wasn't acting like myself. So I put it back in, and I started really owning who I was and owning what my brand was. So um, I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, create that culture. What is the culture of your business? And I think that it's easy for people to say, like, oh, well, I'm a designer, or I'm a home stager, or, you know, whatever it is that they do. But you got to really hone in on it. And what does all of that mean? How, how do you work with your clients? What do you love to see? Maybe there's a particular style that you like. Maybe it's, um, you know, a particular color that you like. So pink is kind of mine. Mm -hmm. Everyone always asks me, is pink your favorite color? It's actually not. not. But no, exactly. I, yeah, I do love it. <laughs> yeah. And it's a very fashionable color. And I've always loved having it in my hair. But my favorite color is yellow. So, you know, but I do like bright bold colors. And my logo is bright and bold as well, because that's who I am. I could do, you know, a nice soft, a lot of designers have nice soft and flowy type logos. And that's great. If that's your brand, if your brand is very serene and calm, and that's who you are. I'm not serene and calm. <laughs> I'm getting serene loud. and calm from all this. <laughs> I love it. Right? Well, so I love that you talk about like your, that layer about your cats, because like we, Dixie lives on 14 acres of wooded, you know, area. We call her the crazy lady in the woods. Oh my gosh. You know? So it's just so, and, and, and people like kind of catch on to that. Like yeah. we've heard several people mirror that back. Oh, Dixie's the crazy lady in the woods, you know? And they, nobody's seen the property, but. Or they, they know that we both love coffee. Like yeah. right. is, yes I, and moonshine yes mm -hmm. and moonshine and moonshine <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it well and like you know uh, Tori told let's give her a quick shout out she's always drinking either a glass of champagne or a glass yep. of red wine right yes. so in all of her yes. pretty much all of her live videos she does it so yeah don't be ashamed of I mean it's obviously different if you're pounding alcohol back or you know whatever but you know joseph he drops an f-bomb right and that's just a part of who he is you know so and there's nothing wrong with that so own it is is what you know whatever whoever you are and, and whatever your authenticity is just keep in mind if you are someone who drops f-bombs some clients might not want to work with you right that's okay those aren't your clients then 
right? So you want to know, I mean, it's just like if someone said they hated cats, I might not want to work with them, you know? Right, I right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I do tend to find that most of my clients tend to be animal lovers. We gravitate. And it's, it is something that, uh, because I do a lot of work with my local humane society, it's on my website because my company has been supporting the humane society locally since its inception. So okay. On my website. Halt. <laughs> One of the things that the whole thing when Dixie and I created this business was we wanted to use our platform to create awareness for things that we are really, really, that we just love, right? Yeah. So Dixie has restoration. I don't know if you've ever seen Dixie, but she repels once a year down the side of a building, a 12-story building for the restoration house. She raises That's money. Amazing. She went down as Rosie the Riveter this year. Or this That's amazing. Year. I um, love that. Yeah. And then she works with Kingdom Ministries. So she uses her gifts and design gifts as, you know, as service. And then I have like heart uh, health things. So uh, I have a pacemaker. I actually died. I just put out a, a blog post about it. So go red for women. We're in February. So this is go red for women month. Um, so I awesome. raise awareness for that. So we... That is one of the things that when we talk about visibility in our group too, that's one of the things we're like, don't leave that out. No, absolutely not. The more involved you are in your community. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I have two causes that my company supports. And it's not that I don't think other causes are incredibly important. I'm kind of one of those serial volunteers. Like I have a tendency sometimes to want to volunteer like everywhere that they need help. And I finally honed it back and concentrated on the things that I'm most passionate about. And so I'm involved with my local MS society. I'm involved with my local humane society. And those are the two that you will see on my website. Our company sponsors them. And then in addition to that, um, I'm actually the Canadian representative for the real estate staging association on the national board of directors i am passionate about the home staging industry and not just about creating a strong industry but creating strong professionals and leaders within that industry i just held a risa edge event in toronto just last week all about leadership so things like that that i'm passionate about they're all over my website you can't miss it so even though they don't necessarily relate to the services i might be offering that end client in terms of design or home staging it still relates to who i am and what my company's focus is and that's, yeah, I love that. That fits right in with the, with mm -hmm. the whole culture thing. So good. Love it. Love you. We love <laughs> you. So, oh, I love it. And when I, when I said that I didn't intentionally, I mean, I didn't create my brand. I was a side hustler when I started. Okay. So I, I was working in private banking and then I had one foot and I had already, I had gotten my certification back in 2005 and then you know, life happened. I got into banking and then I kind of came out in 2015 is when I left banking to come into, oh, okay. and it was a whole different landscape. It wasn't, there wasn't social media when I started, I was making flyers and sending postcards and you know what I mean? Like basically right. pounding the pavement to get business before it was so different. So I didn't really know about branding, but it wasn't until I started showing up online that people were like, Oh, your scarves. Oh, your red lipstick. Oh, right. You know, and then I was like, oh, well, if this is stopping people scroll, then that's where I'm going. And that's when kind of certain things started, you know, becoming like my brand, my so brand personal image. style started becoming a part of your actual professional. Which image. makes sense wow. because I started in fashion. Oh, you know, I, yeah. Yeah. I was a prop stylist, a photo stylist. And my husband and I met on the set of a fashion shoot. He was a photo assistant. So it actually brings that like full circle. Right. So, I mean, it's, even though I didn't know, like I'm going to start a business, I'm going to start, I, I didn't know because I didn't know what I didn't know. 
but I caught on right. pretty quickly and was like, oh, okay, all right, I see how this thing works. So I love how intentional you were about it. Well, it's funny because you mentioned the social media aspect, and that wasn't a thing. I started my business in 2008, and so I think I joined, Facebook told me I joined in 2007 or something, but it was barely a thing, definitely wasn't a business thing. You kept the two of those things separate at that time, right? So websites were a thing, but they weren't what they are today. There wasn't at nearly as many of them as there are today. They didn't have, there was nowhere that told you really how to create a website um, that was effective. You know, yes, you, you had tools to create a website, but website builders were fairly new. You used to have to pay people thousands of dollars and then they came out with website builders. So all that online stuff was not where my focus was. My focus was on that one-on-one. -on -one. When I meet someone in person, I want to connect with them right away. So it started from the second that they met me basically my car pulls up my car had my logo on it I get out of the car I've got my pink something pink on me in addition to my hair at all times I had a pink briefcase I get into the consultation I put on my pink tool belt I've got my pink clipboard I've got my letterhead that has my logo all over it I've got my business card I've got my brochure everything that I gave out I, I would give every client a pen my pen had my company name and logo on it everything that I did had my logo on it had my name on it it made me memorable I put a sign on my front lawn I live in a busy high traffic area I put a sign on my front lawn and it's funny because I got a lot of people that said, well, do people call you from the sign on your lawn? I said, no, no, no one's going to call me because there's a sign on my lawn. But when they go looking for a company and they type in home staging for my area and my logo pops up, guess who they're calling first? Because they're going to, it's that brand recognition, right? So I made sure my, my logo was absolutely everywhere. So anyone who talks about changing their logo if you don't have a strong brand, change it now. Because once you create that brand, you do want that logo to be the center of it. A logo is not per se your brand, but your logo should definitely represent your brand. Like I said, mine is big and bold. My, my logo colors are pink and green. Like it is big and bold and it's fun because I didn't want to be the serious person coming into your house. I'm a whole lot of fun. I want to make this an adventure for you every time I come in there, you know? So, so branding was very much about... Like I said, I didn't have a lot of money for marketing at the time. Social media wasn't what it was. So to market, like you said, you're doing flyers and you're like, it was direct mail campaigns. They were expensive. I couldn't, I couldn't afford to get on TV or radio or any of that kind of stuff. So I needed to make sure that I was getting my name out there in another way. So I made sure every time I left a client's house, they had my client care package, which is a nice little folder that has my logo on the front of it. It has all sorts of little inserts information, it has a bio about me. It has tips for getting their house ready for sale, their cleaning list, all of their little checklists would go into that folder. And they had that after I left and they would always tell somebody about me. We had this stager come in. She wore this cute little pink tool belt. So as I started growing my team, my entire team wears pink tool belts to our consultations and it keeps all of our consultation tools in it. You know, um, I've got a home stager training program, as, as you know, and so uh, everyone who graduates from my home stager training program also gets a tool belt. It's not pink, <laughs> but it is a really cute tool belt. So, <laughs> so, you know, it's a part of that brand and that's, that's something that we've continued on, you know, for the last decade that I've been doing this for. So, and that's very important to me. So. Yeah. I love that. I love people who think like you do. 
<laughs> I honestly, it's just like, oh my gosh. Just like when we started this podcast, we were like, let's just flip it on. We were having a conversation anyway. Sure. It's not going to be a big deal. We'll just, and Luann's like calling us like, you know, that this is how much I spend. And you know what I mean? We're like, well, I heard oh. your episode with Luann too, where you were talking about exactly oh that. My Luann, gosh. Luann was very like, nope, I'm doing this many episodes. Yeah. This is how yeah. we're doing it. Like hers was a very different system. I know. And it's so funny how just how you know I'm just so flowy and like yeah let's go there like okay yeah this is working out let's keep going in that direction sure. never swim upstream but it's <laughs> so I I always am in awe of people that are just so like intentional about you right. know from the from the get-go like you vision it you vision it I get there like I'll get like somewhere and then I'll be like you know I need to stop and and, and probably vision a little bit now well I think it was it was partly the entrepreneur spirit it was probably the bootstrap and like I just I didn't yeah. have any I didn't have yeah. the money to do yeah. it any other way so I thought you know what I'm a memorable person I want to I want to make sure that I am portraying that. And I don't mean memorable in that I need to be in the spotlight kind of person. I'm just someone that I connect with people really well. And, you know, and I, I cause I do bring my personal life but into you it. You do have always. a presence about you too. You know, oh, that's how, I mean, that's how I, you caught my eye, you know, and you caught my eye. Oh. Uh, <laughs> well, you and your cat. It was that kind of show. Yeah, exactly. Whoa. Uh, no, but seriously, you do definitely have a presence. So I'm, you know, it's smart to, to definitely work it. So the next thing you do, and I, you know, I think this is great. I never thought about it, but we, you mentioned our friend Joseph earlier is so catchphrases. One of Joseph's is sharing is caring. He's always like, likes are good, but sharing is caring. And people like, it's not a new phrase, but people think of Joseph. Like they think he made right. it up. Right. And so I love that you have these terms and catchphrases that you say over and over and use over and over in your branding that are Shonlin Simon. Well, and that's the other thing too. And I actually, I started calling them Shaunalinisms, but that didn't really roll off the tongue very well. So uh, I just started <laughs> just kind of documenting them. I put them in blogs sometimes. I'll put them in shows like this. But to me, like I've got, I, I was saying the same things over and over. Like I came up with these phrases when I was working with my clients, you know, and I would say people won't notice if something fits, if, if something's missing from a room, but they will notice if it fits awkwardly. If it doesn't add to the decor, get rid of it. So I'd have clients with home staging clients. Should I keep this? Should I, should I keep this? And I would say, ask yourself, is it adding anything to the overall? decor of the room I say well no then what's the answer get rid of it you know and that was just so I kept on saying if it doesn't add to the decor get rid of it that became one of my top three home staging rules I have my top three home staging rules I can rattle them off no problem my mission statement the same thing you know and you live you live by that so your catchphrases are part of your brand it's something that people remember but the other thing about catchphrases is it can also be about who you are and kind of reflect that. Like I said, like my mission statement to me, if I'm ever questioning what I need to do for a client, I go back to my mission statement. What does my mission statement tell me to do? Right? So my mission statement is to, to create high quality, cost-effective and creative solutions in order to help homeowners to maximize the potential of their home. So amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Look how confidently you, you do it. Like so I can imagine you just running off, you know, meeting somebody and you're like, yeah, this is my mission. And the way you deliver it is just like, okay, I'm working with her. Well, and that's just it because I have a very clear focus. So if you don't have a mission statement, you need a mission statement. Before you can create a brand, you need your mission statement. Who are you? What are your values? Who are you working for? And what are you going to provide them with? So creating that mission statement is core to creating that brand. And that's a step that I think people often forget because you can get caught up in the whole, I've got pink hair, I've got pink stuff. That's not your brand. 
right? The brand is everything that that represents. Those things are what, what delivers your brand, what makes you memorable, right? That's, that's how you're getting that message out there. But your brand at the end of the day is you and what you stand for. Look at all the companies in the news lately. If those com if companies are associating with the wrong person right now, it can destroy their entire brand because does your company's culture support an offender, right? That's kind of what it's coming down to lately. So it goes to show how important who you associate with, what you do. And that's something to consider as well, especially for stagers. I know most of your, your listeners here are, are designers, so it's a little less sensitive. But with stagers, we're very publicly associating ourselves with real estate agents oftentimes. As designers, we're often publicly associating ourselves with suppliers. So we want to make sure that whoever we're associating ourselves with fit our culture as well. Because if they don't, they're not going to represent our brand. Right? And it can confuse people about our brand. That is so good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Dixie and I. Oops, sorry. You could tell when you're dropping wisdom because Dixie and I are just like hanging on every word. I love it. Oh I'm all about gosh. living and breathing my brand. I mean, anyone who knows me knows that. Um, and again, it goes back to the authenticity of it. You know, I what you see is what you get. You know, and that's and that's always got to be clear to people as as they're going through. So, you know, I've had um, people that say to me, like, "Listen, I feel like as a designer, I need to dress up a little bit more, but I really feel most comfortable when I'm in jeans. So wear jeans, but that's me. rock the jeans. Yeah, make sure that you're rocking those jeans and you're creating mm -hmm. your style with those jeans. You know, you don't have to. Yeah, like designers don't. Ha you don't have to look a certain way to be a designer. But also keep this in mind: when you go to the gym and you hire a trainer, you're going to hire the most fit person there. When you go to get your hair done, you're going to hire, hire the person with the nicest hair, right? Mm -hmm. So keep that in mind as a designer, you've got to look the part still. Yeah. So whatever your image is, you still got to rock it and own it. <laughs> own it 100%, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I just think, Dixie, aren't you just making connections to everything that we talk about? Like, Well, yeah. It's And it's funny because everything that we've talked about and a few things that we're planning to talk about here in a minute. All this month in the visibility lab, we've been talking about loving your business and showing your business some love. And I swear everything that we're talking about today fits in so perfectly with Absolutely. all of those elements. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I think, you know, you've got to make sure that you're translating across all the different mediums too. Right. So you, you have to make sure that who you are online. I mean, I know, you know, Rachel does her daily riffs as we were talking about and, and she's very authentic in them. And sometimes, you know what, she's not even feeling that great. And she's like, listen, I got no makeup on whatever. She's getting it done. Still people love that. Like I find anytime I do a no makeup type post or video gets the most traction because it, it feels so real. My number one blog, number one blog of all time, still to this day, top 10 things you didn't know about Shauna Lynn. And I have suggested this. To those. those are the best blogs. Give people yep. an inside look at who you are. And then make sure though that again, it translates in everything you do. So when they meet you in person, you better be the same person they saw in that video. Yes. Yeah. Right? And, and all of your absolutely. communication, everything. But it's just so much easier to be yourself instead of some other idealized person. It's just so easy. To... <laughs> Rachel and I just talked about this recently on our blog that how freeing it is when you say, look, this is who I am. Okay. I need to talk about that for a second because <laughs> I absolutely love, love, love that you said that because you're absolutely right. And this goes back to, again, authenticity and owning it. And if, if your authenticity is not someone big and loud like me, don't try to be this, you know, be whoever you are. But my thing was when I was growing up, um, 
everyone always used to say, oh, she's really one of a kind. You know, my parents would say this, oh, she's really one of a kind. Uh, you know, and, and I thought that was super cool. And then I got a little bit older and I realized, oh, that might not actually be a compliment. No one meant any disrespect by it. Don't no, get me wrong. Yeah. But I started getting a little bit self-conscious. As you get older, you get a little bit more mm -hmm. self-conscious about these things. And I can remember, you know, going places and my friends would look at me and say, oh, you're wearing that? Yeah. You know, like I, I didn't see anything wrong with what I was wearing. And again, these were not mean girls or anything trying to, you know, make me feel terrible. It was just, you know, it, it's side comments that teenagers make and kids make. And, you know, I always knew I did things a little bit differently. I thought a little bit differently and I, I kind of knew I dressed a little bit differently, but I felt comfortable like that. And when I was in high school, that was the first time that I felt like it wasn't as accepted. And I started trying to fit in and it was the most miserable time. And I remember when I went away to university, how freeing it felt to feel like I could just start all over and just be me. And I, every time I was a little bit more like myself, I attracted more friends and more like people that I actually, you know, really like-minded people. Uh, and so the more I let myself be myself, the more comfortable I felt, the happier I was to the point where now this is me. Uh, <laughs> like I fully, full-fledged own every, there are even times I will admit when I look in the mirror when I'm leaving the house and I am just beaming from what I'm wearing, but I'm also looking at it like, I don't know a single person that would ever put this together. <laughs> I get a lot of comments from people of like, oh, I wouldn't have thought to wear those things together. <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, I love winter because, and don't get me wrong, I don't love snow and cold and that kind of thing, but what I love about winter is layers. Yeah. The more layers, the more my style I can really bring out. Yeah. And that's You're a maximalist like me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what they say when you're leaving a house, I'm take like, off one yeah. accessory? Yeah, I yeah. have three one more. It's <laughs> so funny. I know. It's, I, well, people do the same thing. Like I'll wear like this to the grocery store, a ring or whatever, and I'm giving them, you know, swiping my debit card. And, and you know, it actually really helps me as an introvert connect with people because they'll comment on something on the necklace, on the, this, right. you know? And so for me, it's been almost like a tool as an introvert moving through the world that, you know, I need to be connecting and, and talking to people and letting them know what I do. Right. Absolutely. Um, and I'm not, it's not easy for me, you know? So this, these have been sort of um, like a, a little bit of a strategy it's a conversation starter. It's a little bit of an icebreaker and conversation starter. Absolutely. I drive around, so we're talking about branding again. I drive around, like I said, I branded my car the first- I love your car. One of the first things I did was brand my car. So at the time, the first car I had was a little Volkswagen Golf, put my logo on the back of it. Well, now- You have, <laughs> I have Mini. I have my Mini Cooper convertible yes. Yes. with pink stripes and pink mirrors and my logo on the side. And I mean, people know, they see me this coming from like, away. I like, love that. It's so cute. <laughs> It is so cute. You need to actually send us a picture of that. I will. Yes, I will send you. Well, yes. let me just say, we talked a little bit about color. You talked about pink a lot, mm -hmm. but even Dixie and I were saying, um, you know, because we come from such different sides and Dixie comes from engineering background and I come from fashion and we both ended up and now we have these two solo firms and that's kind of what started design and style. She was this, the design and I was the style, right? Right. And 
And even when we talked about clothes, when we would go through some of our challenges, Dixie is jeans and a black shirt all the time. And she even went through one of our challenges and she wore the same shirt. And, and just to say, because people would always be like, I don't have anything to wear. I can't get on camera. So she, as a, like, as a, was, we called it a lab experiment. She yeah. wore the same thing for every single day. For That's amazing. And came on camera and did lives and wore a different necklace and, you know, but it wasn't until her hair went blue that she created a brand. Uh-huh. It really was, we, we went, oh my word, you are now a brand. And I don't know if you saw me at Las Vegas, but we did Flat Dixie. I did, I did see Flat Dixie. <laughs> and Flat Dixie was, I mean, it's like, wow. So I, I don't want to skip over color. Color is, I'm, I'm like rainbow color. I'm like all the colors sure. yeah. and I'm, I am known actually for my colors, my satch, my colors, my patterns, you know, if you go down my Insta feed, you're going to see color. Right. Um, so I feel like, yeah, definitely. I mean, not that you have to go pink hair or blue hair, but for Dixie, it was the thing that just transformed her. Absolutely. And especially if you, if you prefer plainer type clothes and you want to still express yourself a little bit, that's a perfect way to do it. But like you said though, Rachel, you don't necessarily have to have crazy hair to have, to be able to express your color. For me, no matter what my hair looked like, I always wore at least one item that, that was pink. And so, and it's funny because some of my friends used to play the game before I would arrive what's her pink item going to be? Is it going to be a necklace? Is it going to be her socks? Is it going to be a belt? You know, what is her pink item going to be? And this is even outside of, you know, yes, my purse is pink. Yes, my briefcase is pink. <laughs> you know, a lot of my tools are pink. Um, you know, so outside of all that stuff, I still always made sure I wore something pink. So when I got a pink watch, that just like nailed it. Like always never have to worry about not having pink. But I still try to add something else besides the watch that's pink on a daily basis. Just to, it's, it's just, it's a part of my signature. So again, it doesn't have to be pink. It doesn't have to be blue. It doesn't even have to be a bright color. But if you have a color in your logo, it's a great idea to translate that. And you know what? If you're black and white, then why not make a black and white logo yeah. and make that your brand? My logo right? is black and white. See, oh my gosh, it's, I didn't even know that, but it's like, <laughs> but see, that's almost what I would expect from your brand. So that is right. so perfect. See, you are yeah. your brand. Yeah. But our design and style is coral. So we were like, because I'm super into the red, but she loves coral, you know? So we were like, okay, we had to find, it was funny to have to find a, a color yeah, for both of us, right? Yeah. So it was like kind of a, a subdued red. You, so, could do, you could do that with a pattern and then that's, that's the little, the racial part is the pattern. <laughs> yeah. Cause you're like me too. I also, I love mixing patterns as, as you well know. I, I love putting, you know, if I can put some polka dots together with some paisleys and of course some chevron as well. And, you know, I can get all that stuff going we'll on. Have to, uh, we'll have to, um, in the show notes, we'll attach the blog you wrote when 400 people were laughing at you. At <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so good. I love that. Spoiler alert has a lot to do with Chevron, but yeah, we'll give, I'll give you the link so you can put that in the notes. We won't tell anyone. No, no, you're going to have to go read it. You're going to have to go read it. But when 400 people are laughing at you, uh, true story. And what's funny is when I was uh, telling Rachel about how I've got this blog about it and Rachel tells me, well, I know someone who was actually there told her the story about this happening. She just had no idea that I was the person who was being laughed at the whole time. So I had no yeah. idea. I had no <laughs> idea until last night. That's so crazy. I love it. See, and, and this is, but this also goes to branding. This is what one thing I want to point out about the blog. I'm not going to say, give more details about it, but one thing that I want to point out about it is it got people talking about me. Yes, they were laughing at me, 
but it got them talking about me. Every single person will always remember the girl that everyone was laughing at. So there's nothing wrong with that. So that's the other thing too, is, you know, being able to have some fun with yourself, allow yourself to make mistakes, especially nowadays, because we're on so many of these video things. I'm, we're not all, you're going to stutter your words sometimes, you know, so make fun of yourself. If you find yourself stuttering, then make a comment of like, Oh, I don't even know what kind of language I was speaking there, you know, and go on. Like just, but it's, it's about being, um, you know, just allowing yourself to be real and not being that perfectionist. And I think that's something that it's easy for all of us to get caught up in being a perfectionist. I always used to be one. And now, you know what? Good enough. <laughs> yeah. I think doing the live really does help you because even yeah. Dixie and I will like do that. We'll try to make that rewind, rewind noise, like, you know, yeah. like get our tongues going right and just kind of make fun of us. And just, you know, we don't even like edit it. We're just like, keep going, you know, a sense of humor can get you by on so much. And, and oh, yeah. you're just being normal and human. I stumble over my words constantly. And that was actually one of my big fears about being on video. Right. Rachel wanted to do this podcast. And I'm like, I can barely talk in a normal sentence, much less all this other stuff. Right. Just, yeah. Just, you know what? Everybody else has issues too. I'm not the only one. Absolutely not. It's like when you forget that common word that you should totally know the word for. That's right. my favorite. And then of course people are commenting in the comments, giving you the word like, oh, thank yeah. you. You know, and that, that's just like, let it, let it be, just let it go. Let it be. It, it is what it is. And, um, and I think that, yeah, I think the live video has forced a lot of people out of their shell in that sense. But, um, and, and I think just to reiterate, if you're not doing live video, go do a live video. I think that's the best advice I can give you is just get over yourself once you've done the first one, it gets easier every single time you do one. And, uh, and don't worry about how many people are watching. Don't worry about what you say. Just get your message out there and you'll get better at it each time. No one's going back to your first video and saying like, oh, I can't believe she totally screwed that up and never watch another video again. You know, like. <laughs> I don't even think my first video is out there. <laughs> oh, we, we need to. That's what we need to do. We need to find Rachel's first video. Oh, find no, your first you don't. daily riff. Yes. No, you don't. Yeah. Dixie has seen. We, we were I in a mastermind together. Uh-huh. And oh my gosh, it was hysterical. <laughs> it was so painful. I hope it's gone off the planet. Uh, but it, yeah, it was, no. It was something special. We evolve. We evolve. It was something right. special. Thank you, we well, evolve. We learn. So, oh my gosh, that was so good. So, just to recap, I mean, your culture, company culture, your yeah. image, your catchphrases, your colors, your medium. Yeah. So the medium is how you're delivering that message. So like I said, like for me, I've got the briefcase and the tool belt, but I've also got my letterhead. Then I've got my website, my social media pages, everywhere that you are. And then also we do also live events. So it's like, that's another part of, you know, what you're bringing in person. Are you sponsoring different things locally? Um, You know, where is that, where is your logo going to be displayed essentially? That's sort of the medium that that's how you're getting your message out doing podcasts like this, get on your local television show. Um, You know, I've been on, you know, TV, shows, podcasts, um, you know, I, I've had TV news where they're doing some sort of segment about a real estate house. They call me as the expert home stager for it because I'm visible, right? People know who I am. I'm all over the city. Everyone's talking about me. That's what you want, right? I'm not saying there aren't other stagers that are also being talked about in my city. I'm not the only one, Yeah, but I'm definitely at the top of people's list when it comes to finding a home stage or a designer in our region. Winning awards, that's another way to get your message out. And this is something I can't stress this enough. Um, if you 
people think that people are just going to start handing them awards. Sometimes that happens. Yes. Other times you have to apply for them. Apply and you have to pay for the application fee. And sometimes you have to pay yeah. for the application fee. Yeah. So, that's what I people don't understand. No. In order to become an award winner, you have, you have to play. Exactly. Play to play, yeah. People, don't, yep. people aren't just like walking around handing out medals to every participant, right? That's not, that's not the world that we live in. Maybe if you're in, you know, junior baseball or something, but that's not the world that we live in. So you've got to apply for those things. But the fact that I'm so visible helps me to win those awards as well, especially when it's my clients that are voting for things. You know, they see me and, and there's just such a brand recognition that comes along with it. So they, and they remember my company name. That's the other thing too, is make sure you have a company name that's easy for people to remember and be able to recite. And if they're constantly getting the words all mixed up, it, you know, it's not going to flow that well. So you want to make sure that your brand somehow reflects that. I just yeah, have to, I love that. I have to make a sidebar comment though, that if anyone's ever seen my Facebook page, I have a little stand that I do these recordings on and my one cat likes to crawl underneath it. So he's underneath my stand right now. I, I, looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> just had to do a small sidebar. So if you see a cat head pop up, my don't, be alarmed, don't be alarmed. Don't be alarmed. <laughs> um, what was I just going to say? Sorry. Oh no, no. I just went, this is we're live. talking about the live stuff. Perfect. Live example. This is the live thing. Yeah. Well, I think we were, you and I were talking earlier about how I do my home seller workshops. Yes. I don't know if you were going to head there. No, but please, oh, you know what I was going to ask you? Do you get nervous? Like you do all these things. Do you ever get nervous? Are you, are you extroverted? Would you? I'm, I'm definitely extroverted. Yeah. Um, I am and I'm not. I'm that person when I go to a party, though, I like to hang out with people that I already know. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm not necessarily the social butterfly that, oh, oh, yeah. you know, but <laughs> introduce me to a new person. I'll, I'll have a conversation. I'll get along well with them. No problem. Um, I, I've always had a bit of that performing gene, I think. I've, I've never really, um, I've never really had much in terms of nerves. My anxiety comes from uh, like the first home sellers workshop I did. I wasn't nervous talking in front of people. I was nervous about the event itself. Am I going to pull this off? You know, right. so I, the conference uh, that we did for Risa Edge last week, same deal. I was, you know, the main organizer for it. So my anxiety and my nerves came from that, not from actually speaking in front of people. So, um, so yeah, no, I don't really tend to, I don't know what it is. I think there's just been a camera in my face pretty much since I was born. My dad was a photographer. That was part of it. So oh. honestly, like literally a camera has been in my face all my life. So I think that just, I was just always been, been accustomed to it and comfortable with it. And I remember being on TV as a kid with little things that were going on in the community. I was in a marching band. For those who don't know, I was in a marching band wow. and I was always um, front row center. So I always got on the TV cameras. So, um, so just things like that, like just never really, never really phased me, I guess. But, but I understand that that's not everyone. So when I tell people to not be nervous and just go and do a video, I understand I'm the last person that should yeah. probably be saying that. <laughs> Real quick sidebar, what instrument did you play? Flute and piccolo are my main oh. instruments in marching band. Yeah. I'm a flautist as well. A really <gasps> bad one. No kidding. Really it's been one. a few years since I picked one up, but uh, I did also um, end up playing clarinet and saxophone in some of my concert bands. Um, and I also learned trombone, trumpet, xylophone, and drums for a little while, but um, I didn't really go too far with those ones. And then piano was my first instrument that my, my first and my, my main love. I, it's still to this day, it's my love. So yeah, that's interesting. I only have the flute, and like I said, I couldn't march and play at the same time. <laughs> ah, what are those? <laughs> what are those? So you either have to march and fake playing, right. or play and stop marching. Got right. it. Yep. Yeah, that's that's so funny. It's actually pretty common. It's actually really common, and people don't realize they can't do both until they get into a marching band. They're like, oh, wait a minute. 
that's interesting. Yeah, it's a talent. So I have a question. When okay. you talk about, because, you know, you're, you're a stager who decorates. Would you say that's right? Or do you do both like 50-50? I do both 50-50, actually. You do? I do, yeah. Because it's interesting when you talk about, um, like, naming your company, I feel like staging, you more have a name of a company, where in design, you more have your, your name. Fair enough. Yes. So when I named my company, my home staging company is called Beyond the Stage Homes. Because yes, I, I love that. Home staging. Yes, uh, yes. But it's interesting, though, because I, I do want to touch on that a little bit briefly. Uh, it's, kind, it's kind of a sidebar. It's a little bit off topic, but not yeah. entirely in that um, I want to talk a little bit about the training that you need oh, for, yeah. for both. Because um, the reason I say this is I... I knew I wanted to do more than home staging, but my thought was I could do some decorating, do some redesign stuff. That's what my, my home stager training qualified me to do. I was planning on taking some extra courses. And so that was the direction I wanted to go in. What happened was when I was first starting my business, I kind of stumbled backwards into a very large design project, $150,000 renovation and decorating project, built a $40,000 wet bar in a $1.2 million house. And next thing I know, I'm a designer. So I, but here's the thing. So do I call myself an interior designer? No, because legally I can't. I don't have the training for it. I don't have the certification for it. But do I do everything an interior designer does? I do. Now, here's the thing. I'm the biggest advocate of go get your proper training to do this. And I didn't do that. But that's why I'm the biggest advocate of it, because I will tell you, I spent more time and money making mistakes, learning things off the cuff, trying to watch what the trades were doing and study things. I'm going into stores. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm asking way too many questions. I'm bothering people with it. And, and this was before we had Facebook groups that, you know, provide a lot of support Resources. for that stuff. Yeah. And those are all fantastic, but I'm telling you, nothing will ever beat the formal training that you can get. So invest in it. If it's a, a direction you want to go in, I didn't know this was the direction I was going to go in. Like I said, I kind of stumbled backwards into it and ended up kind of flailing my arms around and figuring it out as I went. And I knew I had a vision but that's just one part of it. So, and the same thing for if you're an interior designer and you're thinking you want to add home staging, get the certification training for it because there is a big difference between design and home staging. And, you know, yes, you can make spaces look beautiful. Can you merchandise them? Can you market them? Are you making like home staging is more marketing than decorating, right? It's a sales technique. So, the fact that you do home stage and you want to be a designer, great. Get the additional training that you need for it and vice versa. If you're a designer, you want to be a home stager, get the training that you need. And I, I mean, I think you ladies are like, like I am where I've got a thirst for knowledge. I'm constantly learning. I have three audio books on the go at all times. I listen to all these podcasts. I'm in the Facebook groups, you know, I'm always trying to figure out ways to educate myself and the free resources are fantastic, but don't be afraid to invest in some as well, because I am telling you, I would have saved so much time energy, heartache, money, if I had just invested in the right training from the beginning. So can't stress that enough. So, and that also goes back to your brand too, because then you can incorporate that into your brand. Yeah. showing you know, I am fully insured. I am fully certified and make that a part of your brand. Yes. People think it's kind of a cool story when you kind of stumble into it, you know, but like I, I have a, you know, you're talking about how Dixie, you're, you've got an engineering background. I, I'm, I'm a mathematician. I have a bachelor of oh, mathematics. Right. I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. so, you know, so I can relate oh, to that. I'm so, mute myself. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, <Rachel. laughs> I'm like mute musicians and math mathematicians. Oh my gosh. 
<laughs> but yeah, but I mean, like that's that's the thing. Like that's the background that I come from. People think that's really cool. But I wish I had the formal training to say, you know what, I got trained professionally in order to become who I am today. And I can't say that. And that's okay. Because again, you know, if, if people see my designs, you know, they love me for it now. But man, I wish I did things differently in that sense. So it's one of the reasons why I'm such a big advocate for proper training. We do want to put also a link to the SLS Academy yes. in the well, show notes. And so Is really that- cool thing. Yeah, actually, um, if you are a, a practicing designer um, and you have a minimum of five years of experience, you can actually apply for a discount off of the home oh, cool. training program. Ooh. It's something that we want to offer to designers because I do want to make it easier for designers to get the training that they need. But I also understand that some elements are going to be a little bit of a repeat element, but I still think it's important to do the same full program that stagers do because you'll learn how we apply them to staging versus design. So, you know, we're going to talk about different flooring types, different counter types, you know, all of that, but we're going to talk about how it applies to staging. So, you know, to for, you know, because we value the the time that it takes to go for additional training and we really appreciate that designers do get a discount but there is an application process to make sure that you're qualified so if you just finished design school I'm sorry you don't qualify you need to be worked in the field for five years before you qualify for that discount so that's awesome we're gonna have to have you back to just do a whole episode <laughs> no I'm not joking I already All know we're going to do one on just live workshops. We're going to do one on SEO, yes. one on SLS. Mm-hmm. We're just going to have to get you on the calendar all year. I would love to do one about workshops for sure. SEO, yeah, as you know, like I, I'm a master. At that. That's kind of, that's my jam. That's, that's like, SEO makes me happy, I'll admit. So uh, they can keep changing the algorithms. I'm going to just keep trying to keep up with them. But uh, workshops, though, is something that I'm super passionate about because I think so many doors opened for me as soon as we started doing our own workshops. Um, because again, it's that visibility, it's people getting to see me live in front community. of people, that community aspect of it. We, um, all of our workshops, again, I won't get too far into because we'll do a whole other episode, but all of our workshops support a local cause. We don't charge for our workshops. They support a local cause they every donate. time. It's like a donation, right? Always a donation. Yeah. We have local companies that, that are sponsors of our event. So it's very community focused. In so many ways, we host it at a venue that is very community focused. And then on top of that, like I said, people get to meet us. I have never hosted a workshop and not booked a job out of it. Never. And then in addition to that, as soon as people saw that I was doing a workshop, I'm getting phone calls from everyone one. We're doing a seminar. We've got speaking engagements for this, this, and this. Can you come and speak for this? Can you come and do this? You know, and doors just opened up for me as soon as I started wow. doing those. So I think that that's... Oh, we need to have you on soon. Oh, right? yeah. <laughs> what are you doing next because week? We're, well, we're in the beginning of the Hosting year. Hosting my workshop. So Actually, no, sorry, it's two weeks. Two this weeks would be a great um, beginning of the year thing, you know. I know a lot of people want to do them, but we don't know what they look like and what to do and what, you know. So mm. we'll yeah. definitely have you on very soon to talk about that. I would love to. That, that, that's a great idea because I think there's there's a lot of value in that. And I think it's such an untapped resource that more people need to be getting into for sure. So many, so many ways to do it. So many opportunities out there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Perfect. I think that's a perfect <gasps> place to let it. I know Dixie's like, you're <laughs> yeah, girl. you have a new stalker. Right <laughs> yeah, she's crushing on you hard. Aww, Apparently we did switch into that type of podcast. Yes, so. that's, okay. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. My, my cats yeah. won't get too jealous. I exactly. Promise. Thank you so much, Shauna. Oh, Shauna thank Lynn. You so much for having me. Oh. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. I, I was absolutely super honored when you reached out to me and asked me if I would be a part of this podcast. I was so honored. I absolutely love you both. I, as I said, I've been following you, Rachel, for I don't even know how long now, a couple of years, I think it's been. 
So I'm, I'm so excited and I can't wait to actually finally meet you in real life. Yes. Yes. We're making that happen in 20 years. Yes, yes we are. Awesome. All right. Thank Thanks you so again. Much. Thank hey. you. I don't know about you, but I want to be Shauna Lynn Simon. Can I be her when I grow up? <laughs> Please. She is the coolest. I want to like buy everything she has. I want to take every course she offers. Uh-huh. Yep, she's Same. amazing. I'm gonna attend attend her workshops. I'm mm-hmm. like her big raving fan now. I know. I will be following. I said that I have a business crush on her now, and I do. <laughs> a big flaming big business crush. A big flaming flaming business crush. <laughs> you two are cut. It's so funny when you go into conversation with somebody and you have no idea what you're going to have in common. Right. Like, you know, oh, you're nice both stuff. flutists. Flautists? Yeah. Flaut- How do you call it? Flautists? Flautists. And mathematicians. I mean, mm-hmm. that's pretty crazy. Now, I didn't get a bachelor's. I only got an associate's, but I do love math. I know you do. <laughs> I know you do. It was so great. And she has agreed to come on multiple times. Mm-hmm. So I am so excited. She is a wealth. She's a great resource. And um, she has so many more topics that we can talk about with her. So she is definitely going to be a reoccurring guest in 2018. So if you like this podcast, definitely stay tuned because we will have Shauna Lynn Simon back again. For sure. We'll have to wear something pink next time. We didn't know. No. We'll do. We'll wear something pink in honor. Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) this podcast was made possible in part through the support of our preferred partners like the design network the design network offers one of the most powerful to the trade e-commerce programs in the furniture industry combining the top brands in furniture the best prices and unparalleled logistics all in one place go to www.thedesignnetwork.com to join the design network's trade direct program create your designer profile connect with new clients, and start shopping today.